Hi, and welcome to another great message from Noosa Church. We pray that you're impacted and inspired by this teaching. For more information and service times, check out our website at noosa.church. Enjoy. Merry Christmas, everybody. Why don't you open your Bibles or look to the Sky Bible, as they say, to Luke chapter 2. We're going to read from uh, verse 1 this morning. We're going to talk about the census. Who loves a good census? And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the lineage of David to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Let me just unpack that a little bit before we keep reading this morning. Do you know, God is eternal. And this world we live in is temporal. We're in time. God is, He's eternal. He's outside of time. We're temporal. We're inside of time. And let me just say this statement to you. When the eternal enters the temporal, there's always some resistance. And Jesus' actual birth date, we, actually, we don't know what it is. We, we don't know. We don't know that it's, you know, and we're pretty confident that it's not the 25th of December. In fact, the 25th of December is, is, is traditionally celebrated. I think it's a Germanic tradition, the Yule Tide, where they celebrated the god Odin. And here we are celebrating Jesus' birth on a, on a pagan day. Can you believe it, church? Can you believe it? What about Christmas tree? We've got a Christmas tree over here. This Christmas tree doesn't have Christian origins. But here we are with a Christmas tree in church. And if you were in church yesterday, you, saw, you had a great moment where Kristen led us all, where we, we hung a bauble for our family on the tree. You know, as a pastor, I've gone back and forth with people over the years. who've come to me about the validity of having Christmas on Christmas Day, on the 25th of December. The validity of having Christmas trees. It's offensive to use this day to celebrate Jesus' birth. I want to suggest to you in life that there's many issues that we wrestle with. And we think they're a big deal. We think in our, in our zeal and in our, in our, and our desire to, to, to be pure in all that we do, we, we, we battle with these things. But I want to encourage us today. Let's just take one step back and consider Jesus in our lives. Because I don't know about you, but I'm a little bit like the 25th of December and I'm a little bit like that Christmas tree. My origins, they weren't amazing. My origins weren't that great. I was a little bit rough around the edges. Some might say still a little bit rough around the edges. Um, but I've been redeemed. You know, we took a day that was used to celebrate something, something else. But we took that day, we've redeemed that day, and we've declared that every day is a day that the Lord has made. This is the day the Lord has made. We can take whatever day off the calendar we want and we can declare to serve and worship the King of Kings. 
We can take any piece of shrubbery on the planet and declare it creation and do what we want with it to glorify the Lord. Let's not miss the story of redemption. Let's not miss why Jesus came and get caught up in the detail. Let's take a step back. Because there is a tension. What gives me the right to speak to you about the Lord when I am, a, I am a just a simple sinner saved by grace? I have no right. But because he is righteous, I stand here in his name and declare his word to you because all authority has been given to him. And only he can liberate you. I can't liberate you. Only the Lord can liberate you. And that's why he came. And that's why we're here today. Speaking of offensive, consider Mary carrying in her womb the saviour of the world, riding on a donkey, pregnant from Nazareth to Bethlehem, about 150 kilometres on the back of a donkey, sometimes walking. That's pretty offensive. Only to arrive to find no rooms available and giving birth to the saviour in, a, you know, in all, all places in a stable and then getting laid into a food container, into a manger. You see, when the eternal enters the temple, there's always resistance. We think that when the Lord comes, it should come with a grandeur. And the Lord's saying, I do come with a grandeur. Don't miss it. Don't miss my grandeur in what you think is grand. Jesus didn't need to come to the palace. He didn't need to be inserted into the upper epsilon of society. He could be enter into the most humble places of all time and still present the greatest truth and greatest freedom of all time. When the eternal enters the temporal, there's always resistance. Church, we need to see the resistance and we need to decide how we're going to respond to it. Don't be surprised that Jesus is not always welcomed with open arms. Doesn't have a great name around the world in some places, Jesus. We're grateful here that we can just declare His, his goodness and His mercy just with, with, through a microphone. We can record it. We can send it out in podcasts. But there's some places where you whisper the name of Jesus and the wrong person hears it. And you may lose your life. You see, we are in a wrestle over things and over time. And the eternal removes the anxiety that things and time bring. Ever notice that things and time always bring an anxiety to our lives? Striving for things, trying to get something done just in time. Isn't it ironic that the greatest time pressure of every year is this one line, we've got to get it finished by Christmas. Isn't that ironic, you know, because, it, because we've got to get it done by Christmas where God's eternal peace came to liberate an anxious world from things and time. Phil and Alanis Morissette song playing in the background right now for those 90s children. You see, time and things are great gifts of God. He didn't come to say they're they're of no value. He came to teach us a new perspective. See, time and things he's given to us, they're useful to us when they're put in that right perspective. God created us to love and he created everything else to help us love. 
When we stop using the things of God's creation to help us love each other and to love Him, we start using them to define ourselves. Look at me, I drive a Tesla. Look at me, you know, I am beautiful. But I'm beautiful because of the clothes I wear, not because of the condition of my heart. God wants to show you a substance beyond things and beyond time. He wants to give you things so that you can, so that you can be clothed, so that you can be warm, so that you can be cool, so you can put a hat on, so that you can protect yourself from the environment, so that you can love each other, so that you can dress up on an occasion or you can dress down to relax. They're great things, aren't they? Things are great when we use them for the right purpose. But when we use them to define us for our identity, we miss this great picture. And what about time? God gave us the gift of time. And we've turned time into something that provides a, a, an anxiousness, haven't we? We've got to get it done. I've got to ret- the earlier I can retire, the better. I want to retire by the time I'm 55. What are you going to do then? I talk to people on a Sunday morning because we tend to start our service late every Sunday. And um, I tend to get the odd complaint and I go to say to them, look, where are you going to be after this? We live in Noosa. There's nothing to do after church. You know, we're just going to go outside and have a cup of tea. So if we start five minutes late, just calm. Sometimes we've got to calm the time down. But here's where the urgency of time is great. God gives us time, creates an urgency in us. But I want to suggest to you this morning that the, pers- the, the eternal perspective that Jesus brings when, he, when, he gave us the, when the Lord gave us the gift of time was an urgency to forgive, an urgency to repent so that can, we can do what? We can get back to love. See, He created us to love and He created everything else to help us love. Why do we need to forgive quickly so we can get back to loving? Why do we need to repent quickly so we can get back to loving? It's more blessed to what? To give than to receive in the long run. In the long run. You see, we've got to get, it's called, let me call it, it's called long obedience. Short obedience is it's blessed to receive today. So how do we respond to this eternal disruption to our busyness? Well, I think we need to go to the shepherds for some advice. Let's keep reading. Verse 8 says, Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. Shepherds lived the full life, keeping an eye on those Scallywag sheep. Who knows where a sheep? Isn't it interesting that we are compared to sheep in the Bible? Shepherds need to stay up all day and all night just to keep an eye on their sheep. They're always on the lookout for good pasture to lead them to eat. And they're always on the lookout for predators who are looking for lamb cutlets for their own uh, Christmas dinner. And behold, verse 9 says this, And behold, the angel of the Lord stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were greatly afraid. When the eternal enters the temporal, there is always resistance. When the shepherds saw the angels, they saw an etern- something eternal. There was resistance and it came to them in the, ver- in, the, in, the, in the form of fear. And we see fear manifest in different ways. We see it manifested predominantly through, um, through, through um, greed, through anger, through hate. And these things, you know, the, these things that we see around us, they're actually fear of missing out. Fear of not being recognised, fear of not being known. We strive so hard to get 
what we believe is ours out of fear. Fear tends to surface first in our lives, but we don't recognise it because it manifests in these other other forms. The reality of Jesus is a threat to our reality. It's true. It's a threat to your identity. But the beauty is, the beauty is there's a greater reality. We open our presence today. Let's remember that as nice as they are, they pale in comparison to the greater reality that the gift of Jesus is. Verse 10, And the angel said to the shepherds, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Saviour who is Christ the Lord, and this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. When the eternal enters the temporal, we always find resistance. When we hear of Jesus, we may have a sense of of fear like the shepherds did. You may not think it's fear but you sense a disruption in your life. Sense an exposure. We fear Jesus sometimes because we go, "Uh uh-oh, if I let Jesus too close, people and he will see the reality of me. But no matter what you feel, no matter what you sense, the reality of Jesus is this. It's hope and joy and peace beyond your anxiety, beyond your stresses, beyond your yesterdays, beyond what you're hiding in your life. So don't be afraid, church. Today, I bring you good news of great joy. Jesus is here. Jesus is here. Verse 13, And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. The angel brought his backing vocalists. Glory to God. They brought, you know, when they brought the gold, didn't they? When, you know, the, the, the declaration that Jesus is born and then in the background you've got, you've got the heavenly hosts singing glory to God in the highest and on earth peace and goodwill toward men. When Jesus comes near and we give glory to God, peace is imminent. And there's new value. And fresh unity between us. When Jesus comes near, when remember Jesus speaks to people, he says, The kingdom of God has come near you. When Jesus comes near and we bring glory to God, then peace is imminent. We pray for peace around the world, we pray for fresh hope around the world. When the key to peace and hope in all of humanity is to acknowledge the King of all kings. And if we'll acknowledge the risen saviour, there's an opportunity for peace on our planet. But without him, peace is not imminent. Selfishness is imminent. Fear is imminent. And so it was, verse 15, when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe 
lying in the manger. I always, you know what question I always have is, what did they do with the sheep? What did they do with the sheep that night? Like these guys, they work night and day keeping an eye on the sheep. They hear, I'm pretty sure they didn't take their sheep all the way into Bethlehem to go and visit Jesus with them. What did they do with the sheep? I'm sure they didn't have pens there. Who knows? Who knows what they did with the sheep? But this is what happens in life. It's a great question, isn't it? When we hear of Jesus, when we, when we know of Jesus, what do we do? We drop what we're doing and we head with haste in his direction. We don't worry about the earthly things. I have this great image of the Lord just keeping those sheep together because they were honouring him. When we honour the eternal disruption in our lives, the Lord protects the temporal in our lives. Do you know how I know that? Matthew 6, 33. When we seek first the kingdom of God, he looks after everything else and his righteousness. We seek his kingdom and his righteousness. We don't have to worry about anything else. In fact, sometimes the hardest thing is is, is, is us laying that down so we can actually go and seek the kingdom of God. We need to run toward Jesus when we hear of his presence. I love it that you got out of bed this morning and you said, you know what, today let's run toward Jesus. Let's worship him. Let's lift his name up above every name today. Then let's go home and have a party. Let's crack some presents open when we get home. Let's let's consider first the king and worry about the temporal second. doesn't say seek only the kingdom of God, it says seek first the kingdom of God. It's not about giving up everything. It's about what you seek first. Let's put things in perspective. Let's put things and time in perspective. That when the, when the eternal enters the temporal, there's always attention. And how you respond to that is up to you. We run toward Jesus. We worship the eternal God. We give God glory and acknowledge the lasting peace, that lasting peace and goodwill are only possible through him. 17, now, when they'd seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled, and those things which were told them by the shepherds, but Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart, and then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen as it was told them. My prayer for you today is that you have a fresh encounter with Jesus. A fresh encounter with Jesus. See, we live in an era of informational abundance. There's an abundance of information about Jesus, about life, about things, about time, how to manage your time, how to get the things you want, how to do all the different things, how to get people to do what you want, all these different things. There's lots of information. Yet there's a deficit of an encounter with Jesus. And my prayer for you, my prayer that you have for, and the prayer I hope that you have for one another is that we have a fresh encounter with Jesus on his birthday. As you consider the life of Jesus today, I pray that you're moved in your own life by his reality and his great love for you.
and like the 25th of December and like that tree over there and like me, he's come to redeem. He's come to transform. He's come to adopt. We don't need to worry about our yesterdays because in him, all things have passed away and behold, all things have become new. You have a new name, you have a new identity, you have a new purpose. And when you look at the things, when you consider time, there is a new perspective on those things. There's a fresh emphasis on what the things are for. You are, God created you to love and He created everything else to help you love. If we're going to bring urgency to time, church, let's bring an urgency to our forgiveness, to our repentance, so that we can get back to our purpose, which is love. You see, the eternal has entered the temporal. And our response is simply to worship. See, in a few months' time, we celebrate Easter, which is where the door was open. Jesus came. He lived a perfect life. And then he died. He cracked that door open so that all may be saved. And let's acknowledge how great a love. Let's acknowledge the purpose and the sacrifice of Jesus in our lives. Jesus said, I'm the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger. And those who believe in me shall never thirst. Church, let's just take up one moment. Just consider those areas of our lives. Consider those areas of our lives that are in between us and God. Consider the urgency of this moment to lay something down at the foot of the cross for his redemption, for his transformation. Just take one moment, consider those things and in your mind's eye, just lay it down. And for each of you today, know this, you are forgiven. Christ's peace is upon you. His grace is He's with you. And He's asking you to now walk in that liberty. And here we are, Christmas Day, brothers and sisters, through His blood. With Him, we've died together. And in Him, we rise together. And through Him, we can live together. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this teaching that you've been encouraged and challenged. To stay up to date with our latest messages, you can subscribe to our podcast. For more information, resource or service times, please check out our website at noosa.church.